Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Swell Suite, everybody. So in this episode, we talk with Amanda of Shitty Wine Memes. Yes, you heard me right. Shitty Wine Memes. We met Amanda back in July when we were at the Finger Lakes excursion, uh, the Finger Lakes, the Riesling Conference. Uh, She was on a panel with Leslie and uh, we just had a really good connection with her. And so we had to have her on the show. So here is a little bit of her bio. Shitty Wine Memes is a Florida-based brand that brightens the day of an audience connected to wine. The Shitty Wines merchandise is fashionable, fun, and great gifts for wine nerds. So here's our conversation with Amanda. And we also touch on the champagne shortage and also the wine glass bottle shortage. Cheers. Glennis, I saw your pictures uh, in Tennessee. You look like you yeah. had a good time. Oh, yeah. It's a marvelous facility. It is a marvelous facility, and it's going to be even greater when they finish um, adding the bed and breakfast. They're going to add a restaurant, and they're planning to add, um, they're going to actually start distilling on the property instead of just bottling. They're at a non-disclosed location as to where they're distilling at this time. Probably at Jack Daniels, but ain't nobody else. You ain't heard it from me. <laughs> I asked, I was like, what do you mean you have an NDA on disclosure of where you're distilling? I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. And if for the listening public, we're, I'm talking about Uncle Nearest. Um, oh, listening. nice. Yeah, so, I know Uncle Nearest. That's awesome. Very yeah. nice. It's a, the um, master distiller is a Black female, so... It's interesting. I think she's the first African-American um, distiller. Hmm. One female. Mm-hmm. So, That's yeah. awesome. She's a great, great granddaughter of near screen. So it's an interesting, it's a very interesting story. That's awesome. Um, you know, they, they have a very cordial relationship between Jack Daniels and um the nearest family and the operators of the um, distillery as it is now is still a working horse farm as well. So they have um, horses on the property. Huge. The property is so huge. So, yeah. That sounds like fun. Were you um, in Tennessee specifically for that or were you were doing something? Oh, else? yeah, yeah, girl. You know, I ain't trying to hang out in the South just to be hanging out. <laughs> <No. laughs> Now, my thing, and if it wasn't with this group of sorors that I love so dearly, I don't know if I would have gone, um, but we were really trying to really nice. So we um, we actually took a sprinter up from Atlanta. Oh, okay. Um, and for a day trip back and forth. So, yeah, we didn't stay in Tennessee. Oh, that sounds nice, though. Yeah. It was, really it's nice. about three and a half hours from Atlanta hmm. to Shelbyville, Tennessee. It's a small horse town. So hmm. speaking of the South, I participated in um, a Texas tasting on Monday. Um, it was really interesting because y'all know I was nervous because the only person I knew um, who had Texas wine was Leslie. And mm-hmm. uh, it was, you know, it was not so great. Um, the report that you gave me, it was not so great. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was nervous. 
But um, anyway, I participated anyway. And um, we tasted probably about eight wines and they were good. They are, they they were good. They were, they were really good. Like um, today, I'm glad I had my core events. I didn't have to open every bottle, but today I'm drinking a Sensaw Rosé from Slate Theory and it is really good. Um, I haven't tried like any Texas wines. Yeah. Well, you know what? I asked if they were going to start distributing outside of their region. And um, they told me that they just don't have enough production at the moment. So, um, and they choose not to focus on distribution. So they want you to come to them. Um, Mm -hmm. They even sent me this very, very big map. (laughs) The map map, map of Texas with the eight AVAs on it. Um, yeah, it was cool. It was a cool experience. I'll just live vicariously through you and them, <laughs> Leslie. How about that? Well, Texas. Well, when <laughs> Texas returns to n- normal Texas, um, rather than the nation of Texas of how they're operating now. Hmm. Yeah, that's then, a good way to describe it. Um, I would recommend going to Fredericksburg and Grapevine. Okay. Are good areas. And they have, like, you can go to the vineyards, but in um, Fredericksburg, right outside of Fredericksburg, Mm -hmm. they have like little tasting rooms, kind of like Willamette. You know how when you go to Willamette, instead of going to all of the vineyards, they have tasting rooms in town, um, very similar. Okay. How far is that from like a major, city or so you can major choose, airport yeah you can choose to i flew into san antonio and it was about an hour and some change not that you know long of a drive to get to there but there's there, like there's no major mm. no airport. airport in there you have <laughs> to fly um to san antonio okay gotcha mm-hmm. huh. oh so i want to bring up two things that i read about this week one is the champagne shortage. Oh, yeah. So yes. according to the Washington okay. Post, there is a champagne shortage looming. So you need to shop early to keep the sparkle going for your holidays. And so this is as a result of the pandemic, of course, for one, there's a low supply. And then also um, producers are required to hold a portion of each harvest, hold it back as a reserve wine to be blended for future harvest. So they, that's something that they have right. to do. And because of last year, it was a good but modest harvest. Um, so they, they, don't, they don't have as many grapes as they usually do with 2019 even be even 25% lesser than that. And 2021 was 12 straight days of frost. Then you Ooh. add on the tariffs and then the pandemic. So there is a champagne shortage. It wow. is real, Sarita. Yeah, because um, a couple of distributors told me, which I need to get on, you need to decide what you're going to do because after a certain date, then there's only so much available. Mm-hmm. And then based on size, which, you know, we're not very big, you will be appropriate, appropriated how much champagne you can get. Wow. wow. Have they given a um, time frame, Leslie, or did they give a time frame of when they think things will be back to normal or 
they have not talked about like, oh, this will only be for the next, next 10 year months or, or what have No, right. it is it is basically here's your little breadcrumb. <laughs> <laughs> good luck to you. So you bad to so like, you know, there's a run on it now where I have to put in my orders um now, which is just, you know, from a small vendor like myself then I have to decide, am I going to invest that money now? Knowing that if I want it later, it's not going to be there. But then that's something that I can't buy, something else I can't buy because I'm, you know, stockpiling that champagne. And I wonder if this also, um, or whether Cremant's, Cava's, Prosecco's are also affected like champagnes. That's a good question. I have not heard, I have not heard outside of that region, mm-hmm. outside specifically, of Champagne. outside of Champagne, specifically, no one has said anything to me about, oh, about ordering, because we carry those also, and no one has said, well, you better get those, because right. they're not available. Yeah. Now, I, um, I haven't actively asked, but they would say something to me. Yeah. Well, I can see if, well, when the shortage really take holds i can see maybe a run on those other sparkling wines if the supplies become very limited so i'm going out to get as much as i can yeah 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 that's a Mm -hmm. yeah that's a that's a good idea on top of that on top of that there is a glass bottle shortage so yes (laughs) so there's a glass (laughs) bottle shortage which means wine will spend more times in barrels Okay, Mm. and then that may lead to oakier or uh, wines that taste like sawmill due to that extended period of time in the barrel. Um, This is due to the shipping crisis. Um, Products just aren't getting to producers, winemakers Mm. fast enough, Um, and it's going to slow down the maturation of the wine because um, all of us know that it's Asian oak or stainless steel, whatever, Mm -hmm. and then. In the bottle. So it's just slowing, slowing up everything. Then I heard there's also other supplies that is there's a shortage of corks, bags, paper products or whatever. So shout out to the winemakers, because this is another reason why I will never make wine. (laughs) Sounds sounds very stressful. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder wonder how the can wine business will fare or if it's affecting them as well. Hmm, that's a probably question. a can shortage too, with all the <laughs> yeah. with all the seltzers flying off the shelf. This is true. I think, yeah, yeah, I think it's just you know, it's just across the board. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So Amanda, welcome to the Swirl Suite. Hey, Hello. Amanda. Hey, Amanda. Everybody. How are you? <laughs> Doing well. <laughs> like here in South Florida. Um, yeah, just doing my shitty thing. <laughs> just being shitty I love just it. being shitty I love it. so for those who don't know you uh, please introduce yourself well my name is Amanda I'm the founder and creator of uh, shitty wine memes which is um, on social media and it's where I upload you know funny wine jokes and wine humor online um, and also sell some some merchandise along with the page at shittywinememes.com. And 
yeah, I've been working in the wine industry for about 10 years now. Um, I'm a huge wine geek and nerd. And I was super excited to go to FL Excursion where I met all of you beautiful ladies at, um, at FL Excursion, which was a great time. Yeah, that was a fun trip. It was, yeah. In your, you on the panel with Leslie, that, that was a great panel that you guys were on. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So how exactly did you get into wine? Well, um, I didn't grow up with wine on the table. Like I wasn't really, it wasn't, we weren't really a family of wine drinkers. It was always like Coca-Cola or like soda or, um, you know, juices. So like, we didn't really have wine on the table. Um, I got into wine. I, I started working in restaurants. Like first I worked in pizza places and kind of became a server at a little bit of a nicer restaurant down here in South Florida. I, I decided to go to FIU, uh, Florida International University for hospitality management. And it was there that I took like a, a wine elective course. They actually had an elective course to learn about wine. And I was like, well, I got to take this. And I was, <laughs> I was thinking of it as like, oh, that'll be like an easy, fun, like silly class. Like I'll, I'll see what, cause like all I had drinking at the time was like Gato Negro and like Sutter Home. I wasn't really in, into wine. And then I took the wine class and the teacher, he reminded me of like, you know, back to the future, like Doc, Doc Brown. He was just like, very like passionate and excited about the wine regions of the world and he talks so much about different hidden gems of the wine world like the food the cuisine like the culture and also like value wines and where you could get some you know so after class I was like well I want to explore more and I would find things that I liked in in the class and I was like you know what I really want to work in wine after I took that class so um that's really kind of what started it off and then you know I've worked in as sale in sales for a distributor as a song and then um, doing wine sales again now here in South Florida. So is this the professor that you talked about during your presentation? Yeah, well, there was actually two, two professors that like once I took wine course, I'm like, well, I, I have to sign up for another course. There, there was there was two professors. There's uh, Chip Cassidy and who is the one I talked about at the panel and then kind of this like more kooky you know, uh, character that, that was really into the, the history as well. So it was just like, um, it, it almost felt like a, a, a history class that was also tied to like science and art and, you know, everything that they talked about in the class. Like I never really was super excited about studying. I wasn't a very, very like astute student in, in terms of like getting really excited to, to study and read. But with the wine books, I'm like, well, this is just fascinating. And I just really got into it. And so you were telling me about your new part-time job as a wine broker. Tell us a little bit about that and what you do with that. Well, I, I just started this this job um, almost a month ago, and it's owned by these these two women down in, in South Florida. And we only carry about 12 producers now, but what's, what it, it was actually a business that they started during the pandemic called ProVintners, because during, during the pandemic, there was a lot of uh, producers that got dropped from their distributors. Um, it was like a really, really uh, tough time in terms of, you know, distributors were actually starting to let go of some of the producers that they were carrying. And um, she actually got let go from the company that she was working at. And she decided to start her own kind of wholesaler and broker business called ProVintners. And, um, you know, I, I decided to leave my corporate job in, in training and development. And I wanted to do something that was more focused on like family owned wineries and 
a little bit more boutique wine and wine that I could really get excited about selling. And, um, it, you know, she she and her her friend Re Rebecca started this company called Pro Vintners and uh, and it just it, it, it felt cool because it, it was a, it's a company that's ran by two women and all the wineries that they work with are are kind of smaller family owned wineries and I get to kind of just tell the stories of of the wineries to my friends in Florida that are that are you know wine buyers and it doesn't feel like it's something that's very corporate wine like there's actual people behind the wine and I get to talk to the winemakers and I can ask them questions directly and since it's only 12 producers I feel like I can really focus and learn as much as I can about them so I'm new to the job but there's a lot of exciting things that we're bringing in like we're bringing in Red Tail Ridge from the Finger Lakes we have some really cool wines from Australia that I'm selling so I'm starting to learn more and more about Australian wine with Legends Australia so it's just a job that can allow me to get back into that inner wine geek again. And um, what's cool about the fact that it's being a broker is that like I get more direct relationships with the wineries. So if they have kind of things that they're holding back or library wines or special selections, like we, I can connect the restaurant tour like directly to the winery. And, and um, it's something different and something that I'm learning more about. So I actually don't know a hundred percent too much about the role but it's something that i can see learning more about and uh, getting more excited to do <laughs> and if someone wanted to become a wine broker what advice would you give them and how did you did these did pro vent reach out to you or did they post a job in a wine trade magazine how did it come about i feel like What's really tough about being a, a wine broker is that, you know, a lot of times you work just off the commissions from, from the wines that you sell. So mm -hmm. I feel like to be a wine broker, like you want to be someone that has people in mind, like people that work in the business that you could, that you can talk to and, and, and sell the wines to. So I feel like um, having a background in either working in restaurants or distribution already helps. And then also, um, one, it's more, at least for this role, it's definitely more of a, a, a part-time thing that can grow if you find a really good audience for these wines. So if you are brokering wines, you want it to be something that's exciting, that's fun, and that you can get an audience, especially in your local market, excited about. So it's basically starting a trend or a wine from the ground floor up and, and having those good relationships with the, the wineries and uh and growing an, an audience for those wines. So I would say like with Pro Vintners, it was actually my old boss from a restaurant um, okay. who, who does wine tours now. He, was, he actually started making a wine and is one of the producers for the brokerage. And he's like, you know, he knew that I was kind of getting a little bit tired of working in the office and that I wanted to focus more on, you know, shitty wine memes and have more time for that. So he was like, oh, well, um, you know, they're looking, they posted it on like winebusiness.com and wine jobs, but, you know, I was looking for something more, more part-time that I could do that was more actually in contact with the wines. Cause what I realized more and more is that I was just sending more and more emails, more and more Zooms, and I wasn't actually tasting or pouring the wines or interacting with the actual wine community down here in South Florida. So I think it, it's something that you have to be excited about, want to work with the wine community. 
and then see see what's out there and um you know have um basically just have a passion and see it but in terms of becoming an actual wine broker it's something that I'm learning so much and learned like so new to that I feel like it's something I couldn't even explain (laughs) gotcha thank you For the shitty wine means, like, tell us how this got started because everybody seems to love it. We love it. Well, like, um, I have a group of wine nerd nerd friends here down in South Florida, and I would sometimes like send memes just via message or text. So I decided to to actually make an Instagram page and start posting the memes that I made on there, and um, that's how it kind of just came about. Was me just sending stupid jokes <laughs> to my friends and putting them together and then you know compiling them on the Instagram page and just being like really consistent like trying to think of one one joke a day or one meme a day and, and continuously like posting on on Instagram is where it started like September 2019. That's awesome how fast you grew how fast your Instagram page has grown. I think a, uh, a big part of it was, you know, like definitely the the pandemic. People had a lot, a lot of people had a lot more time on their mm-hmm. hands, especially people in in our industry, like you know, in the wine industry and restaurants. So, um, a lot of the growth came during that period where people were spending so much more time on social media and virtual. So it kind of just all combined with with what was going on with the page. Hmm. And so what was like, what was your first product and what do you offer now? So (laughs) I had a product. I don't think anyone has it. There's one person that has it. And it was actually someone I met in the Finger Lakes. I had a shirt that said, do you even blau Frankish?" (laughs) And it was a horrible, like ugly shirt. And I was like, let me just try and put this on Etsy. and I sold like one or two of those but I stopped because I was like these shirts are horrible I don't (laughs) Um, but the first product that I made that I really liked um was the enamel pins they're like the little lapel pins that you guys saw in the Finger Lakes and um it was actually like a spoof on like the the certification pins you know like WSET and and Quartermasters and it just said shitty wine memes and um that was that was the first product that I that I put out there um kind of like satire on the industry and how people can be so obsessed with you know certification when some of those organizations you know are a little are not a little can be really problematic so I'm like you know what let me just put fun pins out there that say shitty wine memes and that's kind of how the pin started and then from there did like a team Brusco pin because I'm a big Lambrusco fan and um, kind of gone on to different designs since then. I'm looking forward to wearing my um, Gamay pin uh, next month. Oh so yeah, the, about that one. Mm-hmm. the Gamazing. So, yes, that one's fun and sparkly, has glitter, which is great. <laughs> well, how did you um, come up with the name Shitty Wine Means? Well, I came up with the, the name shitty wine memes because um, I feel like the actual quality of the memes is very much like fast and like slapped together. So I was like, I very much like named it literally. Like they're shitty wow. <laughs> wine memes. Like I didn't, 
I didn't like try and overthink it. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to call it shitty, shitty wine memes. And I think the fact that the wine industry can be so like, I don't know, snobby and, and can, can be a bit like, Oh, you know, Mm. stuffy, (laughs) just putting the word shitty right there in the front, like shows people like, okay, this is a place that's like fun, welcoming, like it's shitty wine memes. Well, it's very cool. And how do you, how do you like keep, how do you keep like your, your memes, like your ideas fresh on Instagram? Um, a lot of times, you know, it's, it's a lot of just keeping up with like wine industry news and trends. Sometimes I get ideas from, from keeping up with like, um, different publications or sometimes it's like current pop culture trends or shows that everybody's watching. Um, and I also get a lot of inspiration from like TV shows or movies or comics that, you know, I read or growing up that I was, you know, really familiar with. And then also just situations that I encounter in the wine industry, like good and bad and silly or like uncomfortable, just kind of poking fun at things that would happen in the past or even like currently. Okay, last, last serious question. What was your most popular meme that you didn't expect it to like take off the way it did? Ooh, let me think. Most popular meme. I did like this series of memes a long time. It was like a year ago now. And it was all these memes that had to do with Godzilla. So I put like Godzilla in all these different silly wine situations. Like Godzilla's like arguing about stainless steel <laughs> or, or or aging in oak and it was like the mecha godzilla versus regular godzilla like um godzilla with the fire coming out talking about how the alcohol was too high <laughs> like a godzilla like spitting wine out a godzilla like with a charcuterie board so i did like 10 of those and you know i feel like people like when there's like a long theme of the memes like it's a consistent different post but all with the same theme so i did like 10 godzilla memes and that's where kind of the Godzilla uh, pins come from too. I think uh, I really like kind of that old claymation. Mm-hmm. God, I just think mm-hmm. it's like fun and it's kind of silly too. <laughs> I don't like yeah the, the the CGI movies so much. Like I just like the look of like the claymation and the the, the old Godzilla movies is just really kind of funny and putting him in different wine scenarios was. Is cute. <laughs> <laughs> has there has there ever been someone who just doesn't get it? Yeah, for sure. Like, um, I don't know if you 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 guys had saw, seen on my page. Like, um, I did this joke, and it was from Romy and Michelle's high school reunion, and I made a joke about how they invented wine markers, and um, the actual inventor. Of, well, not really the inventor. You can you can write on uh, on wine glasses with like Sharpie or any type of marker, but the actual inventor of like trademark wine marker or something like they reached out to me and they're like, "You didn't invent wine markers. This is a mother daughter kidding. Yeah, and they wrote this like long comment. Like it, the, the joke went over their heads because in the movie Romy and Michelle, they they joked that they invented post its, but they didn't. Um, 
<laughs> and the, the wine marker inventor like was like my attorney is gonna reach out to you oh, and I was God. like oh. and then and then I just replied like this is from a movie lol <laughs> <laughs> and then like I I I was really petty and I like took that comment and made it a meme <laughs> and I was like uh. but it, it was just like sometimes like uh people take the the jokes not not too seriously but sometimes they'll take things out of the the meme that like I didn't really mean to mm-hmm. convey or they'll start an argument over nothing like soul fights or something it's just really interesting to to see like most oh of the, the, the feedback is like positive and I have really good interactions you know with with people in the comments and then sometimes I'm just like what the, what the <laughs> fuck <Like>. <laughs> <laughs> I could just imagine yeah. wow OMG. All right. So uh, the second part of our show, we have a bunch of random questions for everybody and they're going to be fall Halloween themed. Leslie, I know you got to drop off. So just, yeah. Thank you for joining. Um, but our first one is when was the last time you wore a Halloween costume and what was it? Okay. Um, I was, it was from the movie Aliens, and I was Ellen Ripley, or like a character from from the movie Aliens, and um, I had like an old promotion shirt from the movie Aliens with like the chest burster coming out, uh. and um, I had like a, a onesie, like like a spacesuit <laughs> onesie, and it was so comfortable. I'm like, this is the most comfortable Halloween costume <laughs> I've ever had. And then actually, my fiance he made a the face hugger alien the really creepy one that like jumps out and like goes on people's faces he actually made it out of clay and like I had it on my shoulder it was pretty it was a wild costume it was good wow that's impressive (laughs) it was impressive (laughs) Glittis what about you okay goodness um let's see (laughs) the last um Halloween well last year I used to go to Jamaica for Halloween every year and last year which was in the middle of the pandemic I did go but I only had a t-shirt in the mask the year before I'm trying to think did I not go the year before and it was the year before but the last costume full costume for the Halloween event was a 70s event and I was a disco girl so I had a like psychedelic um, jumpsuit on with um, 70s glasses and platform shoes and that kind of stuff. And I actually won best dress costume. Nice. Yeah. So that was the last. But I try to dress up every Halloween um, if I'm, you know, going to a Halloween party. So I don't know if we're dressing up this year. We're just going to my cousin's house. So I might just do the T-shirt again. Huh. Um, my last costume was actually a while ago, um, but I was Neo from the Matrix. So I had a long black coat on and the shades. And yeah, it was, oh. it was very simple. But everybody got it, though. Everybody got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the rest of the questions are going to be either or. Pumpkin patch or apple picking? Hmm. Well, damn, like we don't have either of those in Miami. So like I would oh. love to, do. but probably apple picking sounds really, it, it sounds is. like it could be fun. Like, yeah. yeah. 
definitely apple picking because what yeah. can do with them big ass pumpkins i'm not gonna make no pumpkin pie i'm not gonna make anything out of the pumpkin and then the squirrel's just gonna eat it if i put it on it now yeah i would like pick one pumpkin and be like okay this is heavy i'm done yeah yeah right um, it's more tradition, I suppose. Like every year when I was a, a kid, it was something that our, our school did. So, and my mother loves a pumpkin patch. Um, she just likes the fall theme and everything surrounding it. So um, that was always the thing. So I'm actually going to pick the pumpkin patch, the cider and the hay rides and stuff. I, it's, it's all very cute. It's all very cute. Um, okay. If you're trick-or-treating, what candy do you eat first? nerds i love really they're like crunchy and tart every time i get like the little box of nerds or a nerds rope rope even better (laughs) yeah (laughs) have you guys tried the nerds rope i have not had the nerds rope no no (laughs) go find the nerds rope (laughs) it's like a it's like a gummy with nerds stuck to it it's great ah okay All right, Glennis, what about you? The Twix and Snickers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same. I am um, definitely the Twix, Snickers, and the little bags of uh, peanut M&Ms. I go for the <laughs> chocolate first. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep, absolutely. Unless okay. they're giving away cotton candy. Now, if they're giving away <laughs> cotton candy, you'll be done. Oh, yeah. you didn't ask that question. I'm sorry. <laughs> um. <laughs> Haunted house or corn maze? Oh, I would say haunted house because I'm horrible with like directions and I have like a fear <laughs> of being lost and like people just forgetting about me in the corn maze. <laughs> At least with the haunted house, people like will eventually like help you get out. You know, you, you have to kind of like, there's a path, but corn maze just sounds creepy. Oh. Do I have to do either? Can some, Can I just be sitting out in the car waiting for everybody else <laughs> with the wine? I mean, let me, let me uh, tell I you. Haven't, I haven't been to a haunted house in God knows how long. I have been to a haunted house several times. So I guess it would be the haunted house too because I ain't trying to be in no field, period. Black folks don't need to be in no field. I'm not doing it. <laughs> so of course no. I have a story. Of course I have a story. Um, my homegirl's birthday was last weekend and she invited us all to um, a haunted trail. Now, when I say haunted trail, it's, um, first of all, we had to drive all the way like past Clinton, like Waldorf, Maryland. So Amanda, that's like an hour from DC. So, and this is a Friday night and we don't really know what to expect, whether it's going to be inside or outside. Anyway, it's at, it's outside a big baseball stadium. So it's just all open field and it's pitch black. It's pitch black. And there's, they have like, a, we can't see the fog machines, but there's fog everywhere. So you can't see a thing. And it's like three parts. It, it's a corn maze. Then it's a, a haunted house, corn maze. Then it's another haunted house. Like a spooky and triathlon. It was, oh my, <laughs> oh gosh. my gosh. It was probably the most frightening thing that I've ever, like I've experienced in a while. Um, these actors were so committed to, these roles to scare people they were in the corn maze i mean they were jumping like over fences they were coming out of nowhere they were coming from the front of us the back of us the side of us um we got chased with a chainsaw we couldn't confirm if it was real or not it was just no time (laughs) for any foolishness 
Um, there was a girl that was probably the scariest to me. She was like my height. She had big natural hair and all she did was stare and follow you. And then she just scream. Um, it was insane. It was absolutely insane. Um, so I'm going to also choose neither. Cause I don't really need to do that again. But, um, <laughs> I didn't know neither was a choice. Oh yeah. No, no, <laughs> it was absolutely crazy. It was crazy. Like y'all, people do this for fun. Nah. Right. right. I'm but good. What did you get out of that? Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm hilarious. Good. I'm good. And the thing is, I'm still talking about it because. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And we, we were probably the oldest people in there. Everybody else was like a teenager or, you know, their twenties. Like, yeah, we, and it's a, it was a group of 12 of us, 12 black folks. Like, yeah, we ain't got no business no, out here doing this. <laughs> all right next question crackling fireplace or falling rain as in the sounds what's more soothing rain for me i love rain i can go stand outside in it like i love to hear it i open up the windows i love Love the smell Mm -hmm. i'm a rain person yeah amanda what about you it's like a lot of rain here in in south florida like no fireplaces so I feel like every time I'm, I'm with the fire I'm like oh it's super nice because like I remember like I was once for work like in Indiana I was like what is that smell it smells so good they're like well that's everybody's fires like, whoa like, yeah never... yeah so it's just like a very like and then I love like s'mores so yeah. I'm gonna say I guess yeah. you, don't, you don't really put s'mores in a fireplace it'd have to be like outdoors right I mean, safari, you you could if you wanted to. (laughs) Indoor sports. You you could get away with that. I mean, you know what? It's fall. (laughs) It's fall on the East Coast. So like in the morning, it smells like a fireplace as soon as you walk out. Like you can smell it. It's it's really, really nice um, right now. You know, we're just enjoying this nice weather while it lasts because we know we're going to blink and it's going to be 30 degrees. Okay. Pumpkin seeds or sunflower seeds? Pumpkin, really like, pumpkin seeds for me all day. Pumpkin seeds. I'm going to say pumpkin seeds too because I'm like really lazy and I can't. Do- <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like the sunflower seeds. It's like too much work. Just give me the pumpkin seeds. <laughs> I'm sunflower because they are not as salty as the pumpkin. Yeah. Yeah. You're right about now, that. Now, if they're unshelled, I like unshelled pumpkin seeds over mm. unshelled sunflower. But I like shelled sunflower versus shelled pumpkin. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. All right. Last question. Syrah or Cab Franc? Syrah. (laughs) Syrah, Syrah, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I'm going to say Syrah too. Even though Cab Franc Chronicles is going to kill me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. I, I, feel like, I feel like people who love Cab Franc, they love it hands down, you know, versus all the other red wines. But um, yeah, I'm a Syrah fan too. And then, you know what? It's so rare that I find a really good one. Um, but yeah, huge Syrah fan. Good Syrah is like the best. Like yeah. I, I love Syrah so much. It's definitely like, my, I think it's my favorite grape for ah, sure. Gotcha. Well, that was our last question. Well, good. Well, Amanda, it was so good to see you again. And um, I hope 
it won't be as long before the next time we see you. When you get married, I don't know. I have to pick. <laughs> I have to pick a day. I've been just like not wanting to plan anything or do anything. So mm. one day, oh, maybe I, twenty, I maybe twenty twenty three. It took us <laughs> like. Well, we were together like ten years and then got engaged. So, oh. so we're not like in a rush for anything. We're like, so I guess we'll be engaged for like five more years, and <laughs> in another five. So it's very like untraditional. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> oh. So before you go, please tell everybody where they can follow you. Okay, so you can follow uh, me at 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 shitty wine memes, all one word on Instagram. Um, I also have uh, Facebook and Twitter. I, I'm failing miserably at TikTok, <laughs> but the, it's there too. And then um, www.shittywinememes.com to, for all like the the merchandise. Awesome. Well, thank you again for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us, Royal Sweet Guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe and leave a comment. Be sure to follow us all and follow Amanda at Shitty Wine Memes. Cheers. Cheers.